Some of you do, too. Uh, I am Mama Mac, and my co-host is... Who are you, anyway? I never can remember. You know what? I'm not sure. I'm Dr. Angel. You're not sure you're Dr. Angel? I'm not sure. I'm Dr. <laughs> Angel today. <laughs> Dr. Angel Falzoni, PhD, licensed mental health counselor, and amazing uh, co-host of the show now in its sixth year, which is pretty exciting. I know. I feel like we just blinked our eyes and woo. Oh, I know. You were so much younger back then. I was. I know. Yeah. I don't know. You've aged. Yeah. But anyway, uh, welcome, audience. And Go Yard means hitting a home run in life. And that's what this show is all about. It's about getting tools and then using those tools to do what, doctor? To live a good life. To live a successful life. To Okay. Feel content to get through the struggles, to live go yard. Well, I mean, are you saying we have struggles? Yeah, I'm saying we have struggles. <laughs> that yeah. doesn't come as a newsflash to anyone, I'm sure, out there in Radio Land. If you're joining us, just now tuning in, you can find us on Tan Talk. Uh, well, go, let me start over. YouTube.com slash Tan Talk Radio slash live right now. Um, and also, we are on Facebook Live, correct? On, we are. on your page? On the Go Yard with Mama oh, Mac page. On the page. Go Yard yeah. with Mama Mac page. All right, so you can go there and find us, and then we'll share that to our personal uh, Facebook yeah, later, I'll, I'll right? Share it on now. So You will? Yeah, All right. Will, so. Okay, that sounds good. And all, every show, uh, Tommy, our wonderful engineer in there, he always goes ahead and records uh, on YouTube. And so it will be later on YouTube um, by going to youtube.com slash tantalkradio slash goyard. And look for the name of the show, and then you'll find a lot of our shows. This is number eight, or it could be called number nine, because one week uh, we did not have internet. So uh, we're going to call it number eight for our purposes of the same series, Dr. Angel. We have set a new record. We have set a new record. Because we have done many series, and they are three, four, or five, rarely any more than that, shows in a series. We did not know when we had this first show back in March um, that this would be a lengthy, lengthy series. It is entitled Coping with the COVID Calamity. It's a hard thing to it's remember. A lot. All it's kind that. of it is. It's a tongue twister. Coping with the COVID calamity. So what have we been talking about the last several weeks? Well, we've been talking about getting through this pandemic that we are all going through at some right. level. Yeah. Um, and you're right. When we first started the show, it was kind of like what's, the, ha- <laughs> what's happening, right? right? Like 
what's going on? And then it was like things were supposed to be like temporary, you know, temporarily couple changed. weeks. So couple everything weeks, would be kind of shut down, then we'd be back. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. now it's not happening that way. And yeah, so we're learning nice. how to live with coping. It's not just coping, we're uh, living with the coping. It's been ongoing. Are now. you saying we need to change the title? Living with coping with COVID. <laughs> living <laughs> to cope with the COVID calamity. Oh, wow. Anyway, it is a COVID calamity. Hard to say all that. Um, And there's been so many changes in our lives. And we have really been trying to talk about that on this show. And we welcome any of our listeners to call in with a comment or a question. We are live as we almost always are. And that number is 727-441-3000. Why would they want to call in? Because they can ask their question and we can hopefully work it out and give them some help over the air or make a comment or add to what we're doing. Absolutely. So feel free, 727-441-3000, and we will be happy to talk to you. And uh, tonight we want to, we're not shifting gears at all, we're just going deeper, I think. Okay. It seems to me that that's what we're doing. A little bit, yeah. We're talking about mental health tonight. Yes. And we all need that. Yes. And a lot of people don't have it right now. (laughs) Right? A lot of us are struggling. A lot of people are struggling with the emotions and the finances and all the problems that come with this COVID calamity. Wouldn't you agree? I would absolutely agree with you. Yeah. And it's resulted in a lot of suffering. Mm -hmm. And you read me a statistic today on the phone when we were discussing the show. And I'd like you to tell that statistic where you got it and what it means and amplify on it. And then I'll see you in an hour or so. No. (laughs) (laughs) No. No, I'm teasing you. Um, So there was was a research conducted. um, And they found that nearly 45% of Americans in the United States reported that their mental health has been negatively impacted due to worry and stress due to the virus. 45%? 45%. That's extremely high. That's almost half. Half of the country. Yeah. And maybe they just didn't poll the other half, and that's <laughs> what I'm thinking. Because when you think about it, aren't we all negatively impacted in a lot sure. of ways? Sure, I mean, we are. Let's see. The neg- mental health has been negatively impacted due to worry and stress. Right. right. And for those who are not worrying and and they're, you're not stressful, how come? <laughs> Why aren't you? Well, you know, okay, so, <laughs> that you know, you bring up a really good question because now we're talking about their mental health has been impacted. Right. So some people may not have had their mental health as impacted because maybe they still have a great support system. Maybe they're um, going on going to therapy and they're getting tools every week. Maybe, you know, they're still working and it has you know they have finances coming in and they haven't really been super impacted because some people's lives are kind of quarantine-ish you know they don't get out a lot they order everything online. so maybe it's not that unusual so for them it could be part of their normal and maybe there's a segment of society who got thinking a year ago this might happen and recorded all the baseball games of last year <laughs> and so now they are enjoying what we want to be enjoying right now maybe that's what the I difference know, I'm sorry I'm feeling so silly much. I miss sports and you do too we miss baseball really bad um, so I think that it's fair to say most people have been impacted for yes. sure. All right. So to what degree is the 
Absolutely, and then that's the point. kind of the difference. But it also can depend on so many other factors. Okay, because like. there's so many aspects that this virus could have impacted, like finances, right? Like if we are out of work or um, on furlough for a job and we're not getting a paycheck, sure. and you know, there's people in the state of Florida who filed for unemployment who still haven't received anything, and they filed at the end of March. And so, oh my gosh, really? No, yes. I didn't know that. Yes, and so that can be a huge um, mm, right. change for people and added stress. Um, there can be people who are just, you know, social butterflies and like to go out and hang with their friends and, you know, go. They're on bowling leagues or pool leagues or go to live sporting events or concerts and like that's non-existent anymore for them. So that's it's a traumatic huge impact. Yes. Uh, right before I walked out the door to come to the show, I turned on TV for a moment and they were showing a bar scene in Wisconsin last night because the Supreme Court, state Supreme Court of Wisconsin, overturned the governor's stay-at-home rules. Okay. And so the bars were, like, packed. I'm sure they were. And, you know, people were just, you know, all up against each other, you know, partying, having a good time. And it begs the question, because I'm sure Wisconsin is not going to be the only state where that happens. I'm just, that's just the clip I happen to catch on the way out the door, right? So it begs the question, are people traumatized to the point that when they get a bit of good news, like, okay, it's okay, that they're... Their, all their reserve, all their inhibitions and all their their uh, concerns fly out the window in order just to go do what they want to do. I mean, is it like letting the bird out of the cage and they fly and they leave? Well, yeah. and for some people, that's exactly their their response. And right. I, and I think there's so there's such a range of the response. Yeah, right there's going to be a range. Yeah, and, and it depends on how you know people's experiences that they've had. It also depends on how people see the virus and their risk. Right. You know, so we have a group of people who believe that, oh, it's no big deal, no risk, it's, you know, a conspiracy. And so they aren't feeling that fear of right other people and going in their environment. And then you have people who are, you know, high risk medically and oh, yeah. are very, very, very concerned sure. about the virus. And then they're a whole range in between those two extremes. So it's a spectrum, isn't it? Very much I mean, so. like it's on a on a continuum, right? Yes. And so you've got the extreme on both ends of the of the thing, right? Of Absolutely. The, yeah. You do have an extreme on both ends. And and that extreme exists even within family units, even within oh, yeah. you yeah. know. So yesterday I I don't know how this happened, but somehow I was put into some family's group text and they were one person shared some video about the COVID and talking about how, oh, it's not a big deal. It's just, you know, kind of the conspiracy theory. And then all of a sudden my phone is like bing, bing, bing. Like everyone has very passionate responses either way wow. within this. And I'm like, I don't even know how I'm in this group text, but wow, it was very eye-opening. Okay. And so what was your overall feeling about all that? I mean, like, what did you, what's your takeaway? My takeaway from that is no matter where people are, they feel very strongly about where they stand on this issue, where what they believe the impact is for them. They feel very passionate. Is it what they think is the impact for them or is it a political choice? 
Well, some people will blame politics. Some people are fearing the medical science. Some people, you know, and some are kind of like, I don't feel like I'm at risk, but I feel like the people I live with could be at risk because of medical issues. So I don't want to ever harm somebody I live with. And so there were so many different opinions going through this. So they're all passionate. They're all passionate. And I think you are articulating the diversity of opinions and um, where people are coming down on this issue, like on what side of the coin or whatever they're coming down. Right, except, you know, in the beginning, I think we kind of had like, you're on this one side or that side, and now there's lots of different in between, in between sides. Right, absolutely. So, okay, um, there's a lot of people on that side or on the end of the spectrum where they are very, very afraid yes. for their health or very concerned. Maybe fear isn't the right word or, yeah, I think fear's got to be in there, don't you? Sure. Okay. And so they don't want to go out in public at all. And I know people that have not been out their doors since early March. I do too. Yes. And they yeah. do not leave their house. And they, you know, if they, some of them won't even stand in their yard, like they're taking in this like super fearful they're super concerned um and that's traumatic like that's a lot of fear for a long time it it really is and we mentioned this last week i i still this week have seen people driving down the road and they have a mask on and they're in the car by themselves Mm -hmm. with the windows down Mm -hmm. it makes no sense right because the reason we wear a mask no it doesn't well, here, so I actually, I have been reading a little bit of research. Don't ask me why, but I actually oh, read some no, research. Oh, that's nothing that you would ever do. I know, never, not. Uh, well, I haven't had a lot of spare time, but I actually no. have dived in a little bit of research here with everything. And so there's research out there that talks about how wearing a mask for long periods of time can be unhealthy because we're re-breathing our I air and it's recirculating so. our air. I have been wondering about that quite a while. And they're really concerned about people who do it right. when they drive because it can make you dizzy. It can make, right. you know, there's some side effects that it makes your reaction time slower and things like that when you continue to recirculate that air. And you don't look as air. cute. Well, you definitely don't look as cute, but that wasn't why the research oh. was out. Okay, sorry. Yeah. But, so, you know, there can be even other things that oh, we're yeah. not even thinking about when they had people wear masks. And I know, like, I have uh, my youngest, he works in the food industry and he has to wear a mask at work. And he's more exhausted after work. And that was one of the that side effects. That makes sense, doesn't because it? Because they're not getting, yeah. ox, you know, that good, clean oxygen yeah. in, and it, they're, we're getting tired quicker. Mm-hmm. When, not to say we shouldn't be wearing it. I'm just saying that's one of the side effects of wearing masks for long periods of time. So we need to take breaks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anxiety. We've been talking about this a lot in the last few weeks in this series. Uh, anxiety can best be described as? Worry. Fear. Um, when we're anxious, we kind of have that. Is it panic. a basket that catches fear and worry? It does. And it catches all, that. all that anxiety, panic. and we call it yeah, anxiety. anxiety. Okay. Yes. Okay. I mean, simply put, anxiety is over concern about what will happen about a okay. future, what's going to happen, and so fears involved in that a lot Absolutely. of times, and all those other things. The, the what, what ifs. ifs. <laughs> oh, that was good. Okay, we're in sync tonight. Tonight, yes. Okay, so people are fearful. Um, they're uncertain about how all this is going to sort out financially. Mm-hmm. which we're going to talk about because tonight, we're not going to talk about it right now, we're going to talk about it at 7 o'clock because we are guests on 
Gene Hodges' show that comes on right after this one, which is the Employment Opportunity Hour. And we are going to be talking to him then, I'm sure, about work-related issues, because that's what his show's about, Mm -hmm. finances and things like that. So I won't go there right now. Let's go to uh, social isolation. Yes, and I think that's a great place to go because we have a large group that's been socially isolated for a long time. We have this smaller group that's kind of essential workers, which whatever you want to call that. So one of the research reports show uh, came out with that 47% um, of the people who were sheltering in place had more had negative mental health effects. So they're not Whereas, getting outside the door at all. They're just stuck at home, right? Right. Whereas only like 37% of those who were not, you know, who were more essential workers and didn't shelter in place were having negative mental health effects. So that sheltering definitely, that's a significant difference. Mm -hmm. And I think isolation is really the difference there. When you were essential worker, yeah, you're working longer hours, you're more exhausted physically, but you still have have interaction. interaction. Because you look at these uh, things you see on TV of the hospitals in New York, for instance, and the camaraderie and uh, taking care of uh, of all these patients, but of each other also. Mm-hmm. And so that is that social interaction has content, continued and probably a lot of bonding has taken place. When you go through a traumatic event with someone or a group of people, there is a bonding. There is a, 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 a yes. And that's a support. That's a protective yeah. factor. And right. so, you know, those who have had sheltered at home and are more isolated, their risk is more is more increased for them for mental health um, difficulties through this virus. Absolutely. And loneliness is that big. That's the big difference. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, the fear of the virus is be much higher when you're out running around. You're much more likely to think, get exposed. But but you're saying it's it's actually healthier for people to be doing some interaction. Yes, absolutely. Get out the door. Absolutely healthier for Take people. Take the precautions and yes. I mean I'm still doing real estate and you know the ministry etc and I'm very careful about, you know, uh hand sanitizer and you know not shaking hands or hugging people or anything like that. And I think that we're going to have to continue with those kinds of social distancing mm-hmm. type you know, things for a long time, don't you think? I do. If not, maybe forever. (laughs) I do think it'll be a a social distancing will be a thing for a while because I just, I think that, you know, it's becoming, I hate to use this word, but it's becoming the new normal. It is. In our culture. It is. And, and And I hate to use that word because it's kind of not a positive new normal. And it, it's outside of our human, like capacity. Like we are, made to connect with other people mm-hmm. and now we're having to avoid this natural tendency and it's very difficult right it definitely is yeah um yeah there, there's that that need to you know show affection or hug someone or at church or wherever right Your family. The research on the healing power of touch just yes. a hug or oh, a handshake that's exactly and, right and people are doing and without we're not doing that right um so social isolation is a big problem. Talk to me about, before we get here on the break already, believe wow. it or not, talk to me about loneliness. Because is loneliness something that people are going to um, feel more intensely now than ever before? And how does this loneliness impact 
people's lives, even without COVID. Sure. Yes. Loneliness is definitely something we're feeling more. And there are certain groups of people who are feeling higher rates of loneliness, um, like our teens. Teens, our, our adolescents, that's their years they connect with their friends. Their friends become their more important um, support network well, for them. True. You know, yeah. They're drawing away from that family they of origin are, yeah. and relying on their peer support. And now they're isolated. The depression rate in teens are, I'm the teens I'm working with, I've, I've watched going up um, because they can't connect with their friends. They can't hang out and do the things that they do. Like that social component is very important. Um, and another group of people are people who live alone. Mm -hmm. are in another high risk of that loneliness because now there isn't any interaction for them right unless they are going out and then that becomes very limited interaction so those are two groups that really are struggling with the social isolation i live in a 55 plus community i know that's hard for you to believe I really struggle shocked, with that. Did right? they ID you to make sure you could move in there? Yeah, I'm, they really, did. Really, they let you in there? They, uh, they did, surprised. Tommy. I, I'm shocked, too. I mean, I yeah, I barely squeaked in. And, and what I noticed, because I walk my dog every day, is that there are people outside the yard here and there, but everybody that I see are at least six feet or more apart in my neighborhood. And it's big. There's a lot of people in my neighborhood, like 4,000. And so... You know, it's like, whoa. I mean, people are actually doing it and abiding by it, staying quite a ways from each other. I, you know, unless they're, they live in the same home and they may be walking together. But usually you see people walking alone. And if they're talking to their neighbors, they're way far apart. Yes. So, I mean, and that that's just happens to be in my neighborhood. But, um, but I think, I guess from that, I'm thinking, okay, maybe if people are being fairly responsible with this. Do you, what do you think? Uh, you, you don't I live in a 55-plus yet, do you, Doctor? Um, no, I Tom, do not. Tommy doesn't either, so, you know, you, you guys are young <laughs> chickens. So. No, but I think it depends on where you go to see how the interaction, just like the, your bar story at the yeah. top of yeah. the show, like that, there's groups of people who – need that interaction and they're willing to take the risk because right. they just need to get in groups of people. Um, and then there are those that are taking it very seriously. But the loneliness with like your community is probably r really high because some people are probably retired and oh, like the, a lot of them they, are retired. Just, right. I'm the only one that's not. <laughs> I just that's squeaked, you squeaked in. in. I squeaked in. She's really not supposed uh, to be there. So right. yeah, we know, we know. But that's don't why tell anybody. Like all these activities and social clubs and you know, let's all, play I mean, this it's and a that. very active community, yes. golf course community. So, but I still see him playing golf. Oh yeah, well, we still can't give up golf. <laughs> no, of course not. But I mean, you know, that's interesting to me too. You know, that even back at the very beginning of this, when people were supposed to, supposed to be really very careful driving by golf courses, not just mine, but the, but other areas, they're playing golf. Yeah, Florida never closed the golf courses. Yeah, I was I, on those meetings, and that was one of the things that was fought so hard to keep open. Why? 
for the social social socialization and getting out in the fresh air and the fact that golf by nature is only played with a couple people in a small group in large big area right it is yeah yeah. it's it's probably one of the safer ones to to play so uh we've got a whole lot more to talk about in the second hour or second half hour and then as i said earlier we're going to be staying for another hour and be with gene our good friend gene hodge here in just a little while on the employment opportunity hour so stick around with us for a while because we're going to be let's go to break and we'll be right back and angel's got a new ad that you put together for her tommy this is tommy's voice and it's cool let's listen Professional service is what you will receive when you allow Marsha McAllister of Charles Rittenberg Realty to help find that perfect home or list your home for sale. With over 23 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, you will enjoy a smooth transaction from start to finish. Call Marsha today at 727-417-0707. Now is a great time to buy or sell a home. Call Marsha McAllister at 727-417-0707. Dr. Angel Falzoni specializes in a variety of therapeutic areas including trauma, depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, stress management, self-esteem, interpersonal relationships, ADHD, behavioral addictions, as well as spirituality issues. A Florida native, she holds multiple degrees including a bachelor's in education and philosophy, a master's of arts in professional counseling and marriage and family therapy, and a PhD in psychology. Dr. Angel is also a Florida licensed mental health counselor. She has worked with youth and adolescents for 14 plus years and has worked extensively in women's mental health for the past six years. She has worked in agencies providing mental health services to family and youth at high risk. Dr. Angel is an accomplished psychotherapist who works with children, teens, adults, couples, and families. Dr. Angel has advanced training and experience in working with LGBTQ-specific individuals and issues. Dr. Angel can help you. Just call for an appointment at 727-501-6557 or online at drangelsdevelopment.com. Dr. Angel Falzoni, support for individuals, couples, and families. 727-501-6557. Tampa Bay's Tan Talk. Entertaining and informative radio for the Sunshine State. Welcome back. 
second half of Go Yard. I'm Mama Mac with Dr. Angel. And you just heard both of our commercials, right? Mine for real estate and yours for everything that you do. No wonder you're tired all the time. <laughs> Listening to your commercial wears me out. It just, I mean, it just shows me everything you do. Tommy did a great job putting that together. We, we love our engineer. Uh, Dr. Angel, in this series we're in, Coping with the COVID Calamity, and we want to also invite our listeners, anybody that wants to call in and comment or question, uh, 727-441-3000. That's fine. Tommy will answer the phone and patch you on through. Um, Epidemics in the past have shown uh, that general stress across the population may lead to what? Well, may lead to new mental health problems okay. and substance abuse. Substance abuse. Okay. Substance yes. abuse. Yes. Let's Why? talk about that. Why? Well, we have a lot of stressors to cope with and a lots of supports to do it with. Okay. So people who didn't have mental health struggles or substance issues now have a whole new set of pressures to deal with and wait and weights on them that they've never experienced before. And it's not like you can phone a friend and talk about it because they're in the same, you know, they're going through it too. So the support has really decreased. And, you know, depending on how you are in lockdown or what you can do or not do, like getting out or extra, like we've lost a lot of our regular everyday support so like people who wake up and go to the gym every day at 5 30 in the morning and get on their ellipticals or take their gym you know their classes like they can't they can't that's a way that they maintain their stress in their life and now they can't do that right and now we just added a whole pile of stress onto them and not a way to relieve that stress and so we're seeing more mental health come and substance substance use so like Every store, I don't know, I've gone into the alcohol display has been huge. Have you noticed that? No. Yeah. I'm I'm not going to many stores, just here and there. Well, I haven't gone to many either, but I have definitely noticed a lot new, more end caps for alcohol, a lot more, you know, like liquor stores never closed. They were deemed essential. Well, I did hear a commercial. They were deemed essential. Yes. I did hear a commercial for... um, some liquor store that said we deliver you yes. know so i mean they're they're really like okay we'll bring it to you, you exactly know? and right. so now we have more stress less coping and then we have people who aren't going to work and they're not having so people who were like oh have a couple drinks on the weekend well now like every day is weekend and like there's not that accountability That's and true, so yeah. And when they drink, it makes them not have to worry about what they're dealing with in front of them. They feel like they can forget okay. it that for makes, a while. That makes sense. Okay, I want to ask you about this. Let's take the people that are working from home. How are their lives impacted? They still have a job. Some of them have had their salaries cut drastically mm-hmm. and still have to work from home. Mm-hmm. But those that are working from home, how is that affecting mental health? Because that's what we're talking about tonight. The mental health issues are as the result of COVID-19. Sure. And well, how working from home. So now we have to deal with the, the frustration of technology working from home because everyone's yeah, doing it. Everything true. is slow, dropping, not working the way it's supposed true. to, trying to get into conference calls that you you can't stay into or whatever um they don't have 
the people support their coworkers that they can just like, you know, walk to the next office and ask that question or get that resource. Like all, you know, our jobs have resources that we use to do our jobs for the right. most part. And they, they don't have access to those resources. So trying to figure out, it takes longer to do things. Sure. Yeah. Um, so that adds some stress to what they're doing. Um, not only that, but they all have the children at home. It's so true, you know, and I and was watching some news program the other day and this guy that was talking and being interviewed, this huge Great Dane walked through the kitchen and came up to him and, you know, wanted to snuggle with him. This huge, beautiful dog. And I and they were all laughing about it. But think about how our lives have changed. This guy always wore a business suit and a tie and always looked really and here he's sitting in a relaxed sweater, you know, or whatever, like a T shirt, sweatshirt. And here's this dog. Yes, right there. I mean it was fascinating. And watching these people on, on shows, and you see their home. You see where, where they live. You see everything about it. Well, you know, you brought up a couple of things. So, one, when we work from home, we don't have to get up and get dressed. True. And that improves our mental health. When we get up and get dressed, we oh, have that purpose. We have yeah. something we're doing. Yes. Yeah, so when you can just put that nice shirt on and that's it, have your pajama bottoms on because no one's seeing that, or maybe they're not seeing you at all then we're not doing those great self-care routines that kind of help keep our mental health going and making us feel good about ourselves. Plus, you're right, our personal lives have now encroached into our professional lives. That boundary has gone. Yeah, and you know, I've heard several people say to these like guests on shows, wow, I like that picture on your wall, or... Uh, oh, I had no idea you lived beside a forest. Or, I mean, you know, yes. just interesting things. It's almost like people are becoming a little more relaxed and themselves in a way. It's it's less professional, it but is. yet it's also kind of warm and fuzzy. Do there you know what I'm trying war- to say? No, I do see because we're getting a little... It, it, yes, there's a warm and fuzzy component, but that also really blurs the professional to personal it does, boundary. It does, yeah. You know, yeah. when I know what your bedroom looks like, or right, I mean, I've yeah. seen the insides of people's bathrooms and bedrooms and kitchens and I know. porches. Bizarre. And I yeah, some of the places I don't want to see the insides <laughs> of. You know, in fact, I have set up my cameras where they don't get to see my background. I have a virtual background on mine, so it just shows my body and a just blank color behind me so oh okay because i that's a personal boundary i try to maintain so i think that's good and it feels more professional for me because i don't want people knowing if i'm at home or at the office and doing work so yeah but that you're right it has blurred those boundaries everything for us in the last two months i mean Gone are the days when newscasters sit around a table and they all talk. They don't do that anymore. They're all in their houses, you know? Yes. And, and so, you hear, like, the babies crying yes. or the dogs barking no, or the you birds do. You do. Yes. You do. And so how has that dynamic impacted the mental health of people? Well, I think for some people, it, when some people do not want to let their professional life cross into the personal life. And, and so I for can some understand people, that. I can't. That's very frustrating. And so yeah. I think they feel like they've been violated in a way 
Mm-hmm. Because now these people have intimate knowledge about things of their life that they didn't want them to have. Mm-hmm. And so I think that really can impact their their mental health in that way because it's very intrusive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for some people, though, it might help them see like their boss is just a human like you're a human. And, you know, they have, you know, for some of us, it might help us to have more compassion and empathy for other people because mm-hmm. we start seeing them a little more human when you see people right. in their house. Right. <laughs> right yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think it just depends on the person and how they perceive that deep, you know, that deep personalization happening of their private right. spaces. You mentioned a statistic um, earlier, and I've got it right here in front of me. There are about 57% of people say their lives have been disrupted a lot. Yes. And 44% somewhat. Mm-hmm. So at least 44% of the population says their lives have been disrupted yes. and changed, right? Yes. yes. But 57% say a lot. Yes. And that we are just talking about the dynamic of Zoom or however these people are on these shows and they're in their living room or wherever they are, their kitchen, um, is, is a definite change that may not go back to the way we've thought as normal for a very long time. Right. And it may stay impacted for a very long time. And so that those change are going to impact our mental health because we have to figure out how to do this life thing mm-hmm. and deal with all these changes. And they're still going to be changing down the road. And, you know, just like the kids at home, schooling our kids from home. Wow. How does that impact mental health? Well, a lot of kids oh. get a lot of kids get their counseling in school. That's right. So now they're not getting services. A lot of kids get their food. Food. From school. Right. So they're not getting those services. A lot of kids have special learning needs and get special services like speech therapy, occupational therapy, um, extra one-on-one help with reading and math and things like that. Right. They're not getting any of that right now. Right. Um, we have, you know, kids who they're they're not getting any. They're social. They're not getting the physical part of their day. Sports, out baseball there. for two of my grandsons that are like third grade and sixth grade, and they're not getting to play baseball this season, and they're not getting to see their friends and have them over, and and that's for that age group. That's really hard. That is very Little hard. Boys, they have a hard time with that, and of course the teenagers too, as we mentioned, they definitely are struggling. Yeah, and little kids, they have, like, they need to, like, burn off that extra energy. And so they don't have these organized ways that, you know, so for some kids, they've been on multiple sports teams. Like, I know kids, yeah. My kids were. Your kids were. They, you know, they're playing football or baseball and soccer and basketball. Mine did, uh, yeah, except for soccer, they did all all of the others, yeah. And so, like, their life kind of went from, like, we're busy most of the days a week to, like, now none of it like it just er, halted and so that's really impacting on top of the fact that we are trying to teach our kids and trying well, right to there. talk about that because there's a lot of parents that that is a struggle for them yes it is a huge struggle first of all uh, for a lot of reasons um one technology maybe the availability of quality computers maybe your house isn't equipped with a scanner maybe your house isn't equipped with a printer Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of activities that may require that um maybe what your kids are learning you're not familiar with 
maybe you don't know how to break down something that's you know seems you know you don't you didn't learn to teach so that's not your thing and so it, it's really hard like you know some parents I see are really really hard on their kids so like kids who might be like you know kindergarten first or second grade like they'll see their work and they're like wait a minute that's not you know this isn't right and that's not right and I'm like wait stop we have to look by their developmental no that's that wouldn't be okay if they were in sixth or seventh grade but they're in first or second or third and they're still learning these skills so right. you know and so but they were exhausting their kids because they were like wait a minute they, that's not how they do that because they didn't understand development of of a child which parents aren't trained in well i know grandparents that are actually having to fill that role while the parents are working right and i can just say thank you jesus that (laughs) all of my almost 14 grandchildren now uh have not called none of them have called on me to be that for them during this time and that is really okay with me Yes, because I think it would be very hard for grandparents in particular to get into that role, especially with new math, let's say, and some of the other things to to go into that role and have that responsibility on a daily basis. Oh, my gosh. On top of you're probably doing your job from home, too. Right. Like it's, it's and it just doesn't stop like. There's no break from it. The work just kind of keeps, it's always, you wake up and it's like things you have to do. If, and if it's not doing your job, you know, your work from home or helping the kids learn from home, and then it's cleaning or trying to go hunt down food to make meals, like, and worrying about how we're going to pay for all this. Like there's so, the stress isn't stopping. I've seen commercials, I'm sure you have too, where uh, the dining room table now becomes dad's workspace, mom's workspace, the kids going to school and they're trying to eat on that table too and you know all of this and it's like whoa talk about a recipe for frustration is the word I guess I want to say yeah it's it's a lot of frustration and it's warranted and I think some parents are feeling really shamed because they feel like they're bad parents because they're mm-hmm. struggling they to can't their do kids. it yeah and they're struggling to balance it all well you know that that's really not your job. <laughs> no, it really isn't. It really right. isn't. You know, and, and some people, you know, and I hear everyone going, oh, everyone's understanding what it's like to homeschool now. No, no. That, no. This is not homeschooling. Uh-uh. This is schooling at home, and it's different. People who choose. It's very different. You want to explain <laughs> yes, that? Yes, because people who choose to homeschool their kids, like, they are in control of what lessons they do and how they present it and they want you know like this is an endeavor so they usually have a background in in teaching or education or extra knowledge and what they should and shouldn't be learning this is schooling from home meaning somebody else is giving you the work and you got to figure out how to get it done and that can be extremely frustrating for the parent or grandparent or babysitter or whoever it is that's doing this um, that to, to even think, oh, I gotta figure this out so I can help them, and I don't even know where, the background behind how you do that math. For instance, oh, I keep yes. hearing this common core this math. This common core math. I, I'm just so glad that that did not happen in my uh, teaching days. But um, I guess what I'm trying to say is, we need to speak to all this frustration, and this this is causing anxiety. This is causing. Oh, I wish things were back to the way they were, you know. And these parents are looking forward to perhaps sending their kids back to school in the fall, which may or may not happen. And if it does happen, it will probably be in a very different format somehow. Absolutely. And I really think and I really believe that education is going to continue to be a burden on families for a while. And unfortunately, our society 
is not equipped to allow a parent to stay home and to absorb that extra burden because financially we can't you do it. have to have two parents working. <clears throat> and yesterday I heard that one of the big universities in California yes. has already said you want to amplify yep, on that. They have no in-person <laughs> classes for the fall. They've already canceled those. Yeah. Um, the, and I think it's the largest university in, in the, it is. the nation. My, so. my son teaches law. Uh, he's an attorney at Texas State. <clears throat> and at this point they are still doing everything online, but they have not told them yet what's going to happen in the fall through the summer where he's right. going to teach that's still going to be online but it does make you wonder how a school and parents can be okay with dorm life where you know dorm life is pretty like everybody's in the same bathroom and you know it's all it's like the opposite of of really taking precautions well absolutely cuz you you have a lot of people in a space that's not equipped usually to have everyone together all the time for yeah. everything that they need to do right. really i mean we're schooling we're working we're living all in the same space and there's no lines in between it all so like everything's getting blurred well i mean if it would be if normal times you're not worrying about passing a disease but now we're worried about passing a right. life-threatening disease not just a cough right a serious disease yes Absolutely, we're worried about it. And so that sits in the back of our mind while we're trying to figure out how these spaces we have in our homes are going to accommodate everything. And for some people, they have kids that are back home from college that they weren't planning to have back in the house. And because the, a lot of the college, you know, dorms closed and the kids can't, you know, live okay. away from home. So let me just throw another one at you. Um, my, one of my nieces is a PA here okay. in, the, in the area. And uh, one of her good friends is undergoing brain surgery in sometime tomorrow or Monday. Very serious surgery. Her husband, she has three little kids, husband, family, nobody can be there. Right. That has I mean, been this so is, traumatic. And so my niece, being a PA, of course, has hospital privileges. She'll be there. But this is happening to families around the globe that they can't even be with their relative when they're so ill or even visit or right. even some if they're on a respirator you can't or ventilator you can't really even talk to them no but we're talking about even just regular medical things women having babies exactly having to do it by themselves people who are going cancer treatments you know can't have a support person people who are having surgeries can't have family oh, or support person <laughs> and that's part of the person going through the treatment like your recovery you know is based on your mental health going into it and so we're going into this socially isolated yeah so i would expect this to all see comes longer together, recovery times absolutely we didn't know the show was going to take this turn no, but you know not. what this is reality this is what we're living in so you expect longer recovery absolutely times. i do i've got another grandbaby coming this fall and um already that's cause for concern because you know wow what's going to happen there you know as far as absolutely brand new baby and all that and all the things that you can be concerned about always sure and then i've heard of some women who are choosing now to give birth at home so that they can have their family but around that's so but dangerous. then there's other dangers right there so dangerous that anything your... could happen there without medical support so, and so dangerous but there but that's just it like it's not just the f fear and the worry of this virus which is a fear and a worry i'm not trying to say that's not important but i'm saying 
all of our regular life is also added so many stressors to do, doing re- things we we do all the time because of us trying to stay safe. So we started this show tonight thinking we would talk about mental health, and we really have. We're going to take it deeper next week, aren't we? Absolutely. We're going to take it even deeper into mental health issues because I believe it's causing some people to really isolate more in fear. Oh, yes. Or just not want to cope. I don't want to go out there. I don't want to have to deal with it. I'm staying home. I mean, let's just think Mother's Day was just this weekend, which Mother's Day traditionally is like one of the top days. Churches are all full across the nation because that's the day everyone goes to church. Restaurants are full across the nation. Mothers are seeing their kids. I know so many mothers who had weren't able to do their normal traditions with their kids. Absolutely. And I, and I was talking to um, one person and their mother is in a facility and they're like, we were able to drive through and do like a wave from the car. And she's like, the way the, these people, they just haven't seen people. They were so excited to get a wave. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, one of my relatives is in a, a assisted living, well, really a nursing home. And uh, same thing. And the kids wanted to go, but they were not able to. So they had to stay like 50 feet out from the front door and wave through the door. Oh, wow. So I I guess with all of this, and we'll get into it deeper next week on mental health issues, but we've just kind of touched the surface. The tip of the iceberg. We have, haven't we? Because even with all these school issues, kids' issues, these are mental health issues. Yes. Because people uh, overreact at home when they're stressed. Oh, yeah. They yell. They scream. Uh, There's temper tantrums you have to deal with in the middle of math class. Yes, yes, that's a very real thing. And, you know, they they don't want to be told that, okay, it's bath time. They've been told to do something all day long by mom. They don't want to have to deal with that now, right? Yes. So all these things are extremely frustrating. And I guess, audience, what we're trying to do here on Go Yard is to present in an open way the facts of what's going on and to also help you in some way be able to talk about it. I think it helps to talk about it, Dr. Angel. It helps immensely to talk about it and to put words to it. And I think a lot of people feel shame to say, I'm struggling through this. Yeah. I think they may feel like they're weak or they shouldn't be struggling or what's wrong with them. But no. It's okay. It's, if you're not struggling, like I'm worried because it, there's a lot happening and changing in our worlds right now. Right. And we laughingly call it the new normal, but it, it is, it's, it's a change right now that we all have, are forced to accept in some form or another. And um, to some, as we talked about tonight, the spectrum, some way over on one end, or mm-hmm. some occur on the other end with, I don't care, I'm doing whatever I want to do and I want to do it. But that's not... That's more of an exception, but I know it's it's happening as states begin to reopen. Sure, I think we're seeing yeah. well, and I think people have been pent up for so long, like they now I they're wanting to really believe people went into this in the way it was presented. I mean, it's fair to say that two their weeks. belief set was two weeks and two weeks. That's all they thought. Okay, I can remember the first time I heard a news person say this might we might still be doing this in June, and I thought surely not. This was early March. Surely not June. Now it's like however many years from now. So 
<laughs> exactly. And, you know, and how how many family vacations have been missed, how many, you know, weekend trips oh, people absolutely. have planned, how many, yeah, you know, spring break things, how much summer things. What are parents doing over the summer? Summer camps oh, are not opening in a lot of places. Yes. They're now going to work. And right. now what are we doing? Like, so there's a lot happening. And it's not just here because we have a mission in uh, Mexico and they're going through the same things. They're, they're stuck, mm-hmm. you know, and f- financially they're worse off. Uh, there's a lot of people out of out of work. So it's happening. And I guess one thing I'd like to say, and I'll let you wrap up here, is that we need to be empathetic. We need to care about other people and what they're going through and take it seriously and uh, do our best to help where we can. So your final thoughts, Dr. Angel, before we join our dear buddy Gene in a few minutes. My final thoughts are... I want to go back and reread. Nearly half of the adults in the United States reported that their mental health has been negatively impacted due to worry and stress from the virus. Yeah. If you are in that half of the adults in the United States, get help, find support, talk about it. Let's keep ourselves strong. Let's let's, let's do you know, we can't have shame in mental health. Like, it's part of our whole health of our body. And I know we were talking about the be kind to your mind last week, but that's it. Be kind to your health. You know, if you had an infection, you would take an antibiotic. Well, right. we're having huge stressors on our mental health. We acknowledge need to go it, out there, accept acknowledge it. it, accept it, and get, get the treatment so that you can exactly. stay strong and become stronger and get through this and help those in your world. You can catch up on all the shows in this series that started in mid-March by going to TantalkNetwork.com. Go to podcasts and look for Go Yard, and you will find them all there. Why don't you catch up on them? Maybe they'll help you. That's our intention. And who are you anyway? I'm Dr. Angel. And I'm Mama Mac, and this has been Go Yard. And we always enjoy being with you every single week. We'll be back here next week for more on mental health issues and hoping to cope during this COVID crisis and calamity that we're in. That's our goal, to help you cope. So good night, everyone, and we'll see you next week. Good night. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.